Welcome to the Reading Aloud podcast, a place where the creative, emotional, and hilarious aspects of relationship communication are explored in real time by a real couple. That's us and a baby. <laughs> Enjoy. All right. What in the hell are we going to talk about today? Well, let's talk about what we want to talk about. I mean, this is a podcast about relationship communication where people become a fly on the wall in our lives. And so talk to me about what you would talk to me about if we're like sitting in the living room. Oh, my God. I bet we make it super interesting. We have time to sit in the living room. I know. Well, let's. Okay. Let's let's imagine. Let's we're sitting down. You throw your legs over me with this subtle yet not so subtle indication. Time for a massage. Um, time for a leg rub. Time for a leg rub. And what 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 do you say to me? Um, you know, I've gotten into the habit of asking you how you are because it's a lot of you asking me how I am and mm-hmm. then me going on for, you know, 45 <laughs> minutes about my life, detail by detail and I, you know, I'd be curious. I, I'm, I, I have tried very hard to flip this, the script a little bit to hear more from you and to let you inspire conversation. So I'm going to do that now. Okay. Okay. Well, how are you? Oh gosh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, I think there's a lot swirling in my head right now. I mean, there is. What would what would the topic be? Leg rub leg rub moment topic leg rub moment would you start with some gossip um i I, love that that's the the answer is no 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 i don't think i'd start with some gossip unless i clearly had some good gossip but i don't don't have any good gossip and actually that ties into what i think i would want to talk about here well first off though i would probably just check in although i will say we have been doing listeners out there we have been doing a much better job at our family meeting and I tell you, my soul, it has made a huge difference. Like, I feel so much more relaxed and in tune with our schedule. Um, it's all finally, I finally figured out how to, like, really sync all my calendars and into a system that works for me. And I feel like I know what's coming. I feel like I know who's dropping off Neo. All the logistics of our relationship, I think, are at least on an upswing currently. And that always shifts. But, you know, so, yeah, I mean, I think I would sometimes typically start with like oh you know do we need to do this do we need to align on this but like I feel pretty on the same page with you logistically speaking okay so I have two questions for you one is how did our family meetings change because what we did is we lost the connection of family meetings and organizing our lives together and very in when the baby was born and very much suffered because of it yes And I heard a lot of friends talk about, they're like, well, we can't go a week without having a family meeting, especially the more kids they have. And so before baby, we had extensive amount of time to check in. It was a really fun flow. It felt like getting creative met getting logistical, but there weren't a lot of things to be logistical about other than dreaming and dreaming and planning vacations and doing stuff together. Outside of that, it was like, meet you when you get home. There was just like not a lot. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I think one thing that I I think it was finding this balance between like inspiration and creativity and systems and structure. 
Because one of the things that honestly made us start those family meetings again was just literally sitting down and scheduling them out and saying, here's the time and here's the time that we're setting aside to do it. And we're going to be consistent and hold ourselves accountable to that. And then I feel like once you have that really basic structure within that container, then we were able to be creative. And and I think we're still figuring out some specifics about the meeting, but like Our last one, we were able to, you know, we went out to a coffee shop and sat down by the river and like really also connected. And that wasn't something that we scheduled or structured or create a system around. That just naturally happened. Right. Like it ends up being, you know, especially because we're doing it with such frequency. Now we're trying to meet every week that, you know, we're not playing catch up every time we meet. Oh my gosh, we're weeks behind and a lot has gone wrong and now we need to meet and it's stuffed packed to the Yeah, and it it comes in with kind of all these expectations and... Resentment. Yeah, resentment. Exactly. Exactly. All that's to say, I feel really good about that. It might not be leg rub conversation Uh uh, when it comes in. Thank you, Neo. Hi, everyone. Did you know that the Reading Aloud podcast has a Patreon account? That's right. When you support this podcast through Patreon, you become a part of our Reading Aloud family, and we love our family members. At its core, this podcast is about providing insight and conversations that will support and inspire our listeners to deepen their relationships and build community through conversation. Every week, we receive meaningful feedback on how the Reading Aloud podcast has supported someone through a challenging time, and now we need your support to keep that going. Your Patreon commitment not only provides you with curated, fun, and interactive bonus content, it helps us cover the many costs of producing a podcast. Check out our Patreon link in the show notes and see which level you can commit to. And know that we thank you so much for both your listening support as well as your financial support. Now let's get back to today's conversation. I got a leg rub conversation. Oh, well, I had one. Oh, go, go, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember, that was what I said I would go. So what I actually want to talk about is our social lives. And... I, I'm at this point right now, and I think I'm really charged up and motivated because I have, you know, I'm I'm back on a morning routine. It feels like at least, and the other the other week we actually made it out to a concert, which was a big deal for us. Um, we, as folk listeners know, we recently had COVID, so we kind of have that. In addition to our vaccines and boosters, we have that built-in immunity, so we feel a little bit more flexible with uh, going out. Um, and being out in the world, and it just feels like it's also summer, and it just feels like I'm ready to really dive into a social schedule again, and I think that that, like, intentionality around that is actually what I want to talk about. Um, Can can I tell you? Yeah, go ahead. Can I tell you what happened? Yeah. So, you know, we found this cool beach spot that we've known about, but we just like figured out that it's a good place for Neo right now. And we have a nice time there. And we were like, let's go there every afternoon. I mean, this is what happened. We, we got COVID and literally, yeah. And then we were like, 
blasted out of the COVID bubble and said, let's get out there. Let's do stuff. Let's see everybody. Let's hug everybody. Let's hang out. Let's do everything before we have to like figure out the next wave. And we, so we got, so we're, so I'm literally texting all my friends, all of them. And I'm like, can you meet us here at this time? It has to be exactly at 4.15, right when we pick up Neo, because it's right around the corner and da, 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 da. And all my friends are like, um, well, you know, I can meet you at 5.45. We got friends in town. And I'm just like, no, no. It's like the bossy Marisol wants to come out and be like, but, but, but this is the coolest place in the world. You know, like this old part of me that has big ideas and loves to gather people together. And like when everybody gets there, it's just the most fun. Right. But I have to boss people to get them there. I'm guilty of this as much as anybody else, but I'm also frustrated by it that, you know, as you get older, and in even right now, I mean, lives are so busy and scheduling becomes such a hassle. And it, it's frustrating to me. I mean, I really do like hold nostalgia for the days of drop by when you'd be hanging out at your house and your friends would just like pop on by and say like, hey, let's go down here. And you'd be like, sweet, let's go. Obviously, that's not the reality right now for us or for many of the, our friends. But it's, but, but it's I just hold nostalgia too. for that. It's got to be an age thing with, you know, the more you incorporate in your life, work and family, et cetera. But it's also got to be, it's just got to be like a mentality thing. You get a little bit out of that habit, then you get a little more out of that habit. And then there's all this weird stuff around like somebody knocks at your door and you literally look at each other with a furrowed brow and you're like, who could that be? Right. Because it's just culturally, who, that's not a thing anymore. Right, right. I miss that. I really do miss that. And again, I'm as uh, guilty of doing that as anybody else. But I, I Whose just, house are you going to go to today? Just drop by. <laughs> just drop by? <clears throat> we dropped by somebody's house once to take them a wedding gift, flowers and a card. They were, they were speechless. They were like so caught off oh, guard right. that they didn't even say anything to us. Yeah, they were like, uh, thank you yeah okay you can leave it there we're heading out right now and it was so awkward i mean it was so it was awkward. so awkward i don't know what, yeah well, what's the answer what's the answer who are we really um oh, one more thing okay <laughs> yesterday you on the fly said to some neighbors of ours you you texted them and you said you want to come over to our neck of the woods which is like you know five houses down <laughs> and I've got this special blackberry patch that we found and, and it's blooming. So, or it's, uh, what? yeah. Fruiting. It's fruiting. Yeah. They're ripe. They're ripe. Yeah. The and you were, were like, ripe. you want to come pick? And they came and it was awesome. And yeah. It was last minute. And it was yeah. cool. Had a nice like hour hangout picking berries. You know, I'm not sure on the question of like who I just want to stop by. And it, and it, and it, it's a shame that we, I don't feel like I have many friends out there where I can just swing by their house. Um, but I will say, I'm going to take it in a little different direction right here. Is that all right? Oh, yeah. So we have a a cohort that meets and we talk about racial and social justice issues. And one of the things that we talked about was like, what is what is the makeup of our community? And, you know, I, I also want to talk about, you know, and this doesn't have to become like a how many black friends do I have conversation? I'm not looking for that, but what I want but one of the things that kind of came out was from that conversation that we had with our cohort was about the, as white people, and it's everybody's white in that study group, um, as white people, the intentionality and the 
commitment and emphasis and care that it takes to truly cultivate a community within your life that is diverse and that is, you know, looks like your values in the world, reflects your values, reflects our values of, of how we want to be and show up in the world. And so as we as we break out there, I, I want to actually challenge us a little bit and talk about how can we be more intentional without tokenizing, um, building our community to truly reflect how we want to show up. And, and that could be racially diverse. It could, it could also be just you know, hanging out with people that make us feel good. Okay. That, so that, here's, that empower us. Here's my suggestion on that. And, and it is really important that not tokenizing peace. And here's my suggestion on this, because what happened during the pandemic is, is that we got so insular that it was literally just us for a while. And then it was us and our families for a while. And then it was us and our pods for a while. And it was just so insular. I lost, not uh, lost, but like I, I lost connection, deep, close connection with a lot of my friends, unless I was on uh, Marco Polo with them, which I was for a while. And then and then things kind of faded at times and et cetera. So it's like, you know, half my community I'm reconnecting with now. And like, for example, there was a, a event called WTF on Sunday. It's like women to the front and it was at new Belgium and you know, the performers, the friends, the people, the booth people, like everybody who was there, it was a great group of people. It was very diverse. And if we had, we were supposed to go, but we had family in town. If we had been there, then that's just where we would start to make natural connections with Asheville as it is a diverse place. So that's what I would say is like, and, and not even walking around the place with that lens toward so much, but you know, the, the, the book, my grandmother's hands is where we got this, that's where that conversation that particular leg of the conversation was happening. And it's like, the question was, you know, like, how are you actually in, in action? Like, how are you in action around diversifying your, like your world, like diversifying your experiences and, and your community. Yeah. And so, yeah. right. And so, you know, there's like you said, intentionality around it without tokenizing is just a delicate balance. Cause I don't want a friend because of the color of their skin. I want a friend because we're, we connect and we have a heart connection that feels very authentic. Right. So, you know, finding myself like that, that space, the WTF, uh, uh, event on Sunday was a place I wanted to be anyways. Right. And so that would have been a place of commonality with people across the board. And it just would have been important for me to not just hang out with the three friends that I knew were going to be there. Yeah. And, you know, I find too, and I'll take this, I, I totally agree with everything you said. Uh, and I would take this even one step further because I actually would argue that when we are out and about, a lot of the spaces that we're in are generally pretty diverse for especially for the town that we live in you know they are those spaces where you have a, a total mixture of cultural and um you know backgrounds age too. and age like coming together yet i think what i want to hold us accountable to and just fully admit is we don't do a good enough job taking it the one step further to commit outside of those things like we'll meet people but then like you know inviting them out or inviting them over or sharing tea or sharing a meal like and really cultivating like doing that next step of deeper cultivation for the friendship and i totally agree like the 
you know, the tokenizing thing, like, I want to be your friend just because you're black, or I want to be your friend just because you're, you know, uh, from the Latin community, you know, like, that, that, that is, that is not, but you also at the same time have to, like, if you do want to diversify your community, you have to break through that thinking and be authentic about it. And so I do actually want to challenge us in, in that respect to take some of those relationships and connections that we do have and take them one step further um, and really commit to that. Okay. So let me ask a difficult and vulnerable question that's going to make me, that, that I think people might have a reaction to. We have a large community right now, and it is primarily white. With the time constraints that we have and the the dedication that we have to rest in a way that we haven't before, what is the compromise there about making new friends? And, you know, I would say some friendships naturally drift off and it's that space that we could use. And there's also a question around, like, I I have, I have friends that are feeling really bad about how much time I'm not spending with them, like, and have, have said so often, often. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is the really difficult part of it. Like where, what is the priority and, you know, where do you p- place your time? And I don't know the answer is, is the thing. I, I don't know. Um, but what I do know is that I feel like I want to have a desire to put my purpose and intention there and start there. And then see where that takes me and follow my gut and follow that follow that purpose um to an extent where and I think I'm in a different situation than you you have many more like friends that are current I would call it like you're in contact with my friends that I'm kind of current in contact that I would put in the like friends group or people I'm in touch with is much smaller so I might feel a little bit more spaciousness around that um I think for you at some points, you know, decisions have to be made and and it's, it might be hard to hear, but I don't think those decisions have to be made up front. Yeah. I think that you're right about intention. So I was just doing a meditation to start my day. And as a part of the meditation, one of the things was acknowledging that oftentimes we think that we try to run the marathon before we've even trained. And I think that that is the training is the practice of like getting out there, the practice of finding the right spaces to be a part of the practice of supporting the right businesses and people and, and really connecting into groups that are outside of my typical group friend groups. And so but then even before that is the intention setting. And so, of course, just like anything, once we recognize something that we want to change, we're like, okay, yesterday, like I want to change it now. I need to be different now. And one of the things about our racial justice group is, you know, not to stay in that study and education place for longer than is necessary because that's a comfort zone, the educational heady. That's that's super wise. I'm glad you voiced that. But to to acknowledge that the space that we're in with that group is about setting the intention and cultivating. So it's a parallel experience to practice and just practice, 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 practice. Yeah. Uh, My experience is that when you, when you have intention and purpose around something, immediately there's fear of the change that comes up 
But then as the change and fear ad- of the change, meaning like, how am I going to ever navigate yeah, fear the time constraint? Uh-huh. Ex- exactly. The question that you brought up, which is very real. You know, how am I going to navigate this? What am I going to our, our minds immediately go to what am I going to lose? What's going to change? And how is that different going to impact me negatively, you know, impact other relationships negatively? And I think what we forget about sometimes is when as that begins to happen, the possibilities, the, the, the connections, the, the expansiveness that is possible, you know, there's always room at the table. There's always room at the table for anyone who wants to join. We used to say in college, like, there's always room for one more. Come on. Like, there's always room for one more. Like, in the car, <laughs> at the potluck, like, on the hike, there's always room for one more. And, you know, I think that we, we lose that, that, that expansiveness. And when we start to journey down that path of purpose and with a, with a really solid, heart-centered purpose and intention— and you walk it, you're right. I think the marathon analogy is so beautiful because as you begin to practice, 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 train, do, put yourself out there, be vulnerable, what shows up is beyond your can be beyond your wildest dreams. So then let me ask you so then let me ask you another question. At what point then does that feel complete? Because I was just thinking about our our chosen family that was over this weekend these two black women and they you know they're it's like they've been in my life since 2006 and you know I've come you know they spend holidays with us and everything and and it's like oh right like I I forget that there is there is actually diversity in my life but then I also recognize the places that feel like overtly and just strikingly white so it's a so is it is it that all spaces just become well, more diverse? Like I yeah. think, I think the way I would answer that is, and as often I think a misstep in thinking about equity work is solely making it numbers based or solely making it quantitative. You know, of as if we hit this number of whatever black friends in our life, then we're going to be good, like box check kind of thing. And that mentality is so dangerous and really unproductive. I'm not saying that you're saying that outright, but just expanding it a little bit. And, you know, so I I think that I think that your question of how do you know when it's good? I, I, I think that what what is your what is your purpose? You know, and your purpose may be to do this intentional say diversification it's decentralization of the white experience is my purpose there you go and and in my heart and 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 i believe that like as you continue or as we i should say continue down this journey and and make these commitments you know those those answers will really become visible and it's always good to know exactly where you're going but you know I, i think in some cases like the more qualitative understanding or qualitative outcomes you mentioned this earlier if you're not take if you're not having space for self-care and taking care of yourself and for rest you know that's also not a good space and so I think that like holding that and understanding that you're building the bike while riding it when when it starts like that that will become clear and you know that's that's faith in a lot of ways that's fate okay out. so that's that that's where my brain was because we're in the you know because we're setting this deeper intention to continue to diversify our, our community and so that my brain was like okay so how am I gonna know you know like that quantitative piece but what I what I know is that 
you know, you never arrive somewhere, right? So like even in work, what I've learned in building my own business is it's never done and it's always growing and expanding. But there are these moments where I'm like, this feels really good and right for me today. And that is something that I do have faith in that, that I that I can feel without, like, I I am really good at not experiencing guilt and shame as a part of my process to getting somewhere. And so, you know, I won't, I will have the experience of enjoying where I am and feeling joy in my body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. I mean, that right there is it. Like what you just said, having the experience of what did you say? It, and then joy in your body. You said having the experience of feel, knowing where I am and feeling joy in my body. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And and that, that I believe is, you know, that uh, at the very heart. And, and as you stated before, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. You know, I think by D, you know, by like, not making all of your spaces in your life and all of your communities in your life a complete white experience. Um, you are adding value and joy to your life. You are bringing joy beyond what you even know. Last you know, night I said to you before bed, and I don't know where this thought came from, but I was like, I was like, what, what, what would it be like? Or how, like, I was like, how would it be if like, if the if white folks became irrelevant and this and I'll I'll explain a little bit where my train of thought came from but you you kind of paused and you looked at me and I was like yeah like if the the white experience wasn't the dominant experience wasn't the one that like all policies were made you know were made from all religion you know like the christian religion was founded in that like there were all these you know there's all these ways in which our nation in particular functions from the white experience as like the the thing to replicate or the thing to set the standard and so you know and people know that right of course but I was like what what would it be like and I I I will just say personally I didn't have a single fear come up and you know in doing a lot of bias work in racial racial justice work and like looking at my biases and my underlying fears and motivations that drive me I have experienced fear I have experienced fear of like what what will like you said what will my life look like what you know what what will my experience be will I still you know like hard to let go of the privileges that I have and in that moment I was like it would be so nice to not be the the center of the like the center yeah. of the belief systems or anything like what a relief to just like be standing in line with the rest of my community and not be ahead right there is an understanding now that i believe we have worked really hard and continue to commit to which is understanding what's on the other side of that and i think like as we grow and see and begin to embrace like as you say what if the white experience wasn't so dominant? Can we be on the other side? Oftentimes, I think people's mind immediately goes to, oh, well, are you just saying that some other race, like uh, the black experience is now dominant? And 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 I really, like, there's this understanding of, no, it's not that, like, a single person is centered. It's who's being centered for the right situations, who's being centered for the right conversations, and that we can all have a role in valuing our experience and all experiences can be valued not only equally, but with equity. And 
at the right moment that's, and at the right that's time. That's the distinction, though, not equally, but with equity. That's, yeah. that, that's, that is the distinction. So if people don't understand the difference in that, just look up the definitions because it is very different. You know, the uh, all for one, equality for all, blah, 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 is like, you know, okay, cool. Like that world, it, like that's just not the answer. The answer is is equity. So uh, I'd love to wrap up there and sure. I, great conversation. Yeah, thank, thank you. And I, I, you know, and I just say, like, I, I really look forward to checking back in on this on the podcast. If folks have experiences about this, reach out to us, um, you know, reading aloud love at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media, you know, the where our handles. And so, yeah, we just love to hear your your thoughts and experiences on well, this as we let's journey say, together. Say our handle. So it's at uh, Instagram is at Soul Reflection, and then we have at Reading Aloud Podcast on Instagram and, and Facebook. And my um, Instagram handle is at Shucks S H U C K S underscore Hux H U C K S. Yeah, and I just want to remind you all that um, you know I know you heard our commercial about Patreon, but we really appreciate the Patreon subscribers. We're sending out some thank you letters for uh, folks who have signed up early for the patreon and you know we've been doing this this is our fifth season and we've never gotten paid for it but we're really hoping to continue to grow it and we do that through patreon so very grateful for your contribution if you have any questions about how to use patreon please reach out to us at reading love dot com nope at gmail.com but you were you were close awesome. you were close you got all right bye, bye. Y'all. Thanks, y'all, for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.